Hello, welcome to episode 147 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Well, not with Barry, we are once again social distancing at the distance of about 50 uh, miles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we couldn't be further apart. Well, we probably could be further apart if we really tried, yeah. but without trying, this is as far apart as we can possibly get. Yes. <laughs> um, you might be able to hear some, some wildlife in the background. Barry is sitting in his, I'm assuming in his hammock in his garden, yes? Uh, no, I, I haven't dug in. I'm just sitting on a deck chair, but I mean, these birds just don't appreciate our award-winning podcast. I'm it, trying to record here. It's some nice ambient noise. I like it. Um, I'm not out in the garden. Yeah, no, yeah. It, is, it is nice. This is why I came out today. You know, a wee bit of sunshine, and the birds are chirping, so why not? You know, why not? Are you drinking anything just now? No, no, I'm uh, currently waiting patiently for the phone to ring so for work. So I'm. Just enjoying some water. Nice. So, what about yourself? <laughs> um, I'm drinking St. Mungo from West, which is a beer I, I quite like. I can't drink too much, which makes me feel quite sick, but I do like it. But it does feel weird drinking because we are recording today at like about four o'clock, and I yeah, yeah. don't normally drink at four o'clock in, a, in a, um, like a weekend. It's very strange. This, it feels like it's too bright and sunny outside to be drinking, you know? I, I feel a bit weird doing it. The good thing is, though, at least you've been, like, quite sensible. I've seen online as well people have been taking this uh, furlough and being quarantined in the house as an opportunity to become raving alcoholics yeah. first thing in the morning. No, I think so. there, was, there, was, there was a point about two weeks ago when I think we were not quite approaching that, but we had that. We had enough beer in the house if we wanted to, we probably could have done that, but I think we decided, no, let's, let's back away from this, let's... let's um, Let's chill out, you know. Um, so the fridge is very well stocked, but I'm having like maybe one every couple of days as opposed to, you know, a pile every day. I think it's a more sensible way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how are you dealing with the corona this week? Are you are you doing all right? Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, up, in, up in Glasgow. It's got a lot of the cat figures that have came down the pipeline. It seems to be showing positive signs. Yep. We're not out the woods yet as no. such, but it's certainly heading in the right direction. Yeah. So. So hopefully, yep. hopefully so, we might see an end to this at some point, yeah. Um, but what we'll, yeah, do, yeah. what we'll do is we have been doing, we'll be talking about the cinema, well not cinema because there's no cinema, but the streaming services of what, what they're showing. Um, before we start diving deep into what we what we're mainly want to talk about, I want to talk to you about something you did watch that you tried to make me watch that I, I, I refused point blank to watch. Um, and that was a <laughs> film that was on YouTube called, is it Corona Zombies? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh god, I, for, I, I even forgot I had watched that. I had bumped it out of my memory. Yeah, I watched the tra- I watched the trailer for this film. It looks it looked horrendous. Um, yeah, it, from what this I could, movie. Yeah, oh god, the, like the only way to describe this movie is somebody has made a few scenes, filmed a few modern scenes, uh, which I think may have been for some other movie, but they just so happened to conveniently fit the whole coronavirus thing. Right. And then they've, t- they've taken those scenes and then used an old zombie movie and then they've proceeded to then slice up the old zombie movie and that's uh, scenes that they've filmed and then made a very bad hour-long uh, coronavirus <laughs> uh, movie out of it. And did you enjoy this movie at all at any point? No. 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 Why did you even bother watching it was, this? Uh, I don't know why I watched it. <laughs> Excuse me. Normally I don't get suckered into this kind of stuff. But I was, I was intrigued because the name got me and I was like, 
it's a bit odd that someone's managed to rattle out a movie this quickly. True, that is true, yeah. Especially because, like, a lot of the world is still going on now. Yep. But, yeah, you know, just a classic, like, dumb uh, zombie horror movie. They can bimbo woman who doesn't quite know what's going on. The very loose plot and just, uh, well, it turned out to be, like, 17 zombies because they were using an old film and just... Badly dubbing over anything that was on the screen with just cheap one-liners. <laughs> I mean, very odd. I mean, if you want to look, find it, it's on YouTube. It's called Corona Zombies. If you want to watch it, by all means, yeah, watch it. Save your, save yourself sixty minutes of your life and just watch the ninety-second trailer. It's more than adequate. For the film. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a recommendation then. Nah, I'm gonna give it one star because <laughs> you have to at least get something at least one. Because they managed to do it, and that's that's worthy of at least one star. Um, but we'll get onto this instead yeah. into more, sort of more bigger budget and sort of more professional made movies. Um, the first one up is one that's on Netflix. It's called Extraction. Did you watch this one? I did. So yes. Yep. Um, directed by Sam Hargreave, who done a lot of short movies, but he's was also stunt coordinator and the first unit director on Infinity War and Endgame, the Avengers movie, so he's kind of cut his teeth on that. Um, and this was written by one of the Russos, um, who were the directors of the Avengers movie, so it's sort of their, and under their production company. Um, oh, okay. So the plot of this film is there is a Australian mercenary, played by Chris Hemsworth, called Tyler Rake, who is tasked with going into, I think, is it is it Pakistan or is it Bangladesh? Maybe Bangladesh, isn't it? Uh, I thought, I thought, to be honest, it's really bad, but I thought it was just get all set in India. See, I thought, I feel like, anyway, it's in the subcontinent somewhere, ah, sorry, um, ah. where a kid has been kidnapped, he's got to be tasked, he went and rescue the kid, he rescues the kid, and then at that point he's got to try and get the kid across the city, back to where it should be, while everybody else in the city is trying to kill him, because of the bounty upon the, on the head of him. Um, so, yes. so Chris Hemsworth in it, you've got David Harbour from Stranger Things and Hellboy, He he's like sort of a an assistant in it, um, goes with also in it is Rudas Kaswa Jaswal and Randeep Hoda. Um, so everyone's there's a decent sized cast in this. It's not definitely not scrimping on the on the, the cast. It doesn't look cheap. Um, what do you think of this one? I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a big fan of the movie. Mm. Um, I liked it, but I just think there's better movies out there that do it better. That whole kind of team of mercenaries or just a, a lone wolf going into that situation and coming out, you know. Yeah. I found this just all a bit too kind janky. Generic. A lot of kind of like real close-up camera shots and all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. I found it, it it's solid. It's kind of, it's enjoyable for what it is, but it's not anything you haven't kind of seen before. You know, so yeah, you, exactly. feel, you feel like you're watching something going, oh, I, I, it's, it's fine. There is that really cool one single shot that's like sort of the reaction scene in the car chase and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the camera goes like, camera kind of flies in and out the car and it's moving its pace. That that was really well done, and you can tell the guy who directed that is a stunt coordinator. He knows exactly how to move the camera and sort of hide the cuts and stuff like that. So that was really impressive. But beyond yeah. beyond I, that, it was all just sort of very you'd seen it all before. I thought. Yeah, exactly. Like the story itself, it, it wasn't a particularly like deep story. It was like a pretty much like a, a loose idea that 
it almost seems like somebody's just picked up off the floor of a writer's room and just thought, oh, we can make this work now. Aye, you know? we, can, we can almost hide the story in among some decent action. And the action was decent enough, but it's just like not spectacular enough to be to cover up the like yeah. the faults in the story. I think the biggest issue for me I, is... I've, sorry, man, you go. I'm oh, sorry, man. I was just going to say, I feel like Netflix are relying heavily on the fact that it's got Chris Hemsworth in it to yeah. really push it. Because it's been sitting at the top of my recommended list for a very long time on Netflix. Very much since it came out, yeah. it's been sitting there. And I think it's just a, maybe a byproduct of the fact of, of everyone's current situation. Um, but I just, I feel like, see, under normal living circumstances, I feel this movie would have disappeared into the, into the, that is Netflix library, you know? Oh, yeah, without question. It's just the fact that no one's really anything to watch, and this is a, a Chris Hemsworth who is a big film star this now. You know, he is Thor, you know, releasing a new movie in your house you can watch straight away. So, obviously, it's getting a lot more exposure because of that, as a lot of stuff is. Um, but that, you make the point with Chris Hemsworth, Brendan, that's the biggest issue for me. I don't have, I don't believe Chris Hemsworth is a, is a lead actor. Like, everything I've seen him yeah. in so far, I think he's decent as, like, a supporting actor. You know, like, in the Avengers and Ghostbusters. Um, even in Men in Black, he's not... He's asked to sort of maybe sort of shoulder a lot more of the film in that. And I think that's when it yeah. falls flat. I don't think he's got the charisma to basically hold a film. Great in, in, a, in a supporting role or, or a, um, like, sort of ensemble cast. But, yeah, just when you put him into, yeah. like, a film and he's the main actor in it, I just feel it doesn't... He's not got the... The chops to hold it, and very few people have. You know, you think guys like Tom Cruise and Arnie, they can do it, but there's actually not that many guys around now who can actually who can shoulder that responsibility. Yeah, maybe even Dwayne Johnson in there as well. The Rock, I mentioned them. Ah, the Rock can definitely. He's he's definitely a a draw. But then even when you think of that, the Rock. There's a lot of films the Rock's in. His biggest hits, I think, have been yeah. in, in kind of ensemble pieces. You know, you think of the Fast and, the Fast and Furious films, the Jumanji films. You know, he's got a lot of support around him in those movies. Um, whereas the ones he does by himself yeah, yeah. one he does by himself when he's sort of the main thing, like what was what was that one, Rampage and the skyscraper one? I mean he's asked to be sort of yeah, the, yeah. the pure lead of the film. He doesn't quite have the kudos to pull off. He needs to have that support and cash around him. And I think Yeah, I think I think that's just like a kind of modern day action movie kind of style now where it is like these bigger names. They need a team around them to keep it pushing. Like they don't have that same kind of like whatever it is that made all the eighties action heroes be like lone wolves and all that. Nineties stuff, they just don't really have that same kind of thing. They don't really have that same charisma. That just that same iconic cinematic look about them. Like you know the way Tom Cruise yeah. can hold the camera. You know it's it's something that's severely lacking right now. Brad Pitt's got it as well, but I always think Brad Pitt's a better. Supporting actor than he is a lead actor, but he's kind of proven himself recently that he had a great lead actor as well. Um, but yeah, so that's that was my biggest issue. I'm watching Chris Hemsworth going. He's certainly a, a very handsome big guy. Seems very charming as well. But yeah. in terms of his acting I acting chops, I didn't really. I wasn't really that impressed by like what he brought to the role. I wonder if the movie would have worked better with almost an unknown actor. His role, it probably you know? could have, probably right, probably could have, but then at that point you don't have, you don't have that at the draw of the poster with him on the poster, and you need that to pull people want to watch the movie. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
absolutely. You know, that's like you said. You said it yourself when you went on Netflix. The first thing you see right now is Chris Hemsworth Extraction. That's the draw. It's him in this movie. That's the draw, and that's why, like, I'll watch it because it's an action film, and I quite enjoy action films. But like, for example, Jill would watch it because Chris Hemsworth is in it. You know, and I imagine a lot of ladies would be much the same. They'll watch it because he is in the film, and that's sort of the the bigger draw than the actual film itself. Yeah. Um, out of ten, what would you yeah. give it? I'm giving it six and a oh, half. Sorry, I'm, I'm giving it six and a half because some of the action scenes were well were decently hex- well done. The single shot one was pretty cool. I, did, I really did like that one. Um, but yeah, six and a half out of ten. Uh-huh. What about you? Okay, I think I'm I'm going to follow suit, man. I think I'm going to give it six and a half because overall it wasn't a bad movie. No. Like, I didn't feel like I wasted my time with no. it. It's just I feel like there's better like that kind of like mercenary style movies out there if you want to really fight them. I would rather watch Under Siege again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I was, but that's just me personally. But um, yeah, no, it's a completely fine. It's a it's a straight to DVD movie, and it makes sense it's on Netflix. So I totally get why it's it's on Netflix. But yeah, um, so six and a half out of ten. Next one up is another film. It's, it's not made by Netflix, but it's on Netflix. Um, it's a film called Time Trap. Did you watch this one? No, I didn't. No. Didn't watch this one. Okay. Um, so Time Trap. It's directed by Mark Dennis and Ben Foster, who did a film called Strings a few years ago. Um, in the film, you've got Andrew Wilson, who is the other Wilson brother, like the least successful Wilson brother after... <laughs> what's, what's, what are they called? There's Luke and there's... Owen. Owen Wilson, yeah. So they're the two successful ones. And you've got Cassidy Clifford, <laughs> um, Brianne Howie and Riley McLean. And so a pretty sort of... Um, sort of unknown cast. There's not many people that you actually recognise. You only recognise Andrew Wilson because he looks like the brother. You go, that looks like a Wilson, you know that way? Because they they've all got the same nose. Um, so this is a film, it's, about, it's a group of college kids who go looking for the professor who went looking for someone else in a cave. When they go into the cave, it's a bit weird. Time starts to act in different ways. Um, it starts to speed up. So when they come out of the cave at certain points, like a thousand years has passed or, you know, it's... It's very old, it's all timey, it's all got a, a weird sort of time, it's basically a, a, an, the earthbound time machine that's constantly pushing them forward. Um, okay. And in the time, in the cave there's like sort of different people who have fallen in there through history, who uh-huh. are still trapped when they were fell. So if you fell in there during the, during the 1500s, you're still from the 1500s. You know, you, you, you've not aged because not much time has passed compared to the outside world, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It is pretty low budget, um, so it's all kind of based in this one sort of cave system, um, and it's a it's, it's a decently executed sci-fi flick. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of these sort of time travel, messing with time movies. Um, so one of the big things is it got to do is you got to stick to the rules of of your time travel, and or, or of the, the and this does for the most part stick to its it's conceit and it's, it's rules which so that's all plaudits for that a lot of films like you know they have one rule and eventually in order to finish the film off to break that rule you know just to try and move it forward this doesn't do that it does it sticks to its rules and it holds through to the very end so plaudits for that um, the acting is mostly solid but because it's a cast of unknowns there's a definite shakiness to a few of them you know it's, it's, it's not definitely not top tier you know it's 
you know, sea level would be, would be mean, but it's kind of that level, you know, if you, particularly the really emotional moments, you're not really buying that much. Um, okay. The, the tone also slips at times. It's, it, it, it's going for this kind of sci-fi, really kind of thriller as, aspect of it. But then every now and again it'll try and inject this kind of comedy into it. With like lines getting put out there, almost, but they're all they're all kind of old references to try and be a little bit Stranger Thingsy with it. And because the rest, uh, you know, it's and, and because the, the rest of the film doesn't have that feel about it, these just sort of come from nowhere and just don't really work really well. If that makes sense, you know, they just sort of they feel kind of yeah. they feel kind of off kilter. So if it maybe been, if it maybe stuck more to its tone, I've been a bit happy and just sort of it went with what it was doing um, the conclusion feels a little bit rushed and a little bit kind of crazy towards the end and like you know it does take a couple of extra big jumps you know the time travel thing is one part of it and then there's another couple of jumps in, in there as well and you're like oh shit that's well, we're, we're in a different world now this is sort of a, this is a bit stranger now um, but it needed, it, needed a, it, needed a, it needed a conclusion and they gave a conclusion so Plaudits for that. Um, it's mostly satisfying. It's a decent wee bit of sci-fi. It's not brilliant, but it's it's decent enough, and it's a it's a solid like Friday night TV lying on the couch watch. If that's damning with faint praise, but it's not a terrible film. It's completely enjoyable for what it, for what it's worth. Alright, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's on Netflix. Right. I'd give it a. Sorry, fire away, dude. I was just going to say, I think it'll be one of those movies I think I'll stick on, like, at least in the next coming week, if I, if I don't get into any sort of like, other TV shows or get blindsided by another movie to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's pretty lean. It's like 90 minutes long. It's pretty lean. It's not you're not asking too much for your, of your time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd give it a very solid 6 out of 10. It's not bad. It's not bad for a TV movie, essentially. You know? Yeah, it's, basically, it's a sci-fi TV movie. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's made for TV. It's made for DVD. It's one of the ones you'd find when you're in global video back in the day and you'd be kind of rifling through and it'd just be a sort of random thing you'd pick up. It's one of those kind of ones. Wow. Those are kind of movies I'm that I'd, I'd quite... I, know. I haven't heard that name in forever. <laughs> I know. I am showing my age right now. Um, the next film up we'll talk about <laughs> is one that I've not seen but you have seen. Um, it's called The yes. Way. It's called The Way Back. Yes. Um, starring Ben yeah. Affleck. What's the what's the plot of this film? It's pretty much just a. It's essentially just a what do you call it? Goodwill Hunting. It's like the sequel to Goodwill Hunting, but twenty years down the line. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, is, is Affleck a mathematician? It's got a Mr. Ben Affleck in it, and he's a. Yeah, from the get-go, you feel there's something's happened, but you don't actually know what it is. Right. And he's an alcoholic who still turns up to his construction job. Right, okay. Uh, this is like big. This is like good so, hunting, then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is just like, if, uh, if they went back to the same universe that uh, Good Will Hunting is in, <laughs> and then they picked up Affleck's story and see what happened to him. So he's at a construction uh, job, drinking on the job and stuff, uh, and then it kind of unravels that he used to be a really good uh, basketball player. Right, and, okay. Uh, and then all of a sudden he just walked away from the game for like, unknown reasons. And then years later he gets offered to coach an 
a team within a school. I don't know. I can't remember if it's his school or not. And they're just, you know, a whole team are just down and out. Absolutely just like, them, just not blown as a team. It's just a whole team of individuals. So he comes in, he starts like uh, rallying them up a bit. He kind of turns a new leaf and he kind of starts to kind of sorting his life out and stuff. Um, and then the kind of team, as always in these kind of movies, the team starts doing like really well and it kind of starts getting to like the kind of finals of uh, championships and all that kind of good stuff. All right, so it's, um, it's basically it's like good old hunting, yeah. cross, remember the Titans, cross with the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. yeah a bit, probably a bit of Coach uh, Coach Carter thrown in there as well. Uh, exactly, exactly. You know what, this is actually like a kind of random movie that I just stuck on last night, out in the blue, just because we were scanning for stuff to watch, and this just so happened to be near the top of like, our thing that we were using, and to be honest, I actually quite enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoyed it, and I would actually recommend that you watch it, because... Affleck, like I go back to what we were talking about before about lead actors and that, Affleck can carry a film. Affleck absolutely can. And he's got the, the style for this. It's very much in the same kind of tone as all his movies. This isn't directed by him, uh, but it's the same kind of tone and feel that the Affleck movies have came down oh, right, okay. with. You know, your uh, Gone Girl, your, uh, Argo. your Argos, all that kind of slightly gritty but you know a kind of more subdued kind of storytelling but it's still moving right okay um, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm a fan I'm an unapologetic fan of Affleck I enjoy all things yeah, yeah. Affleck um, so I do want to watch this film um, is it set in Boston or is he, is he trying it in a different accent no it's it's set in um, where's it set it's set in uh, Bishop which I had to use uh, Google map. It's uh, in between San Diego and LA, but for some mad reason they keep on showing shots of uh, uh, a giant port. They use like a port in right. a lot of the shots in the background. But yeah, when you Google, when you Google map where Bishop is, it's like in the middle of the desert. So right, okay. fuck knows how that. I have no idea how they're doing this, but this is what they're doing. Right, okay. Um, it's it's directed by a guy called. Gavin O'Connor, and he's done The Accountant, he's done Warrior, he's done Miracle, and Pride and Glory, and I mean, Jane Got a Gun. That's Jane, got a gun Jane Got a Gun isn't great, I really like The Accountant, it's one of the most batshit, crazy, stupid films I've ever seen in my life, with Affleck in it, that almost makes, yeah. it's almost, it makes so much nonsense, it's brilliant. Um, yep. Miracle, the ice hockey film, I absolutely adore. That's one of me and Jill's favourites. I think you've seen it as well, but the 1980 American team who won the gold medal in the Winter Olympics when they beat the Russians. Absolutely brilliant yes. film. Great movie. So yeah, I'm actually this actually quite intrigues me. Now you've told me it's by the guy who done Miracle and it's a, and it's a sports movie. I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm in for this now. This sounds very much up my street because I'm a big fan of like the Disney sports movies. And this does seem like it's in that yeah, Disney yeah. that Disney sports movie vibe. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't want to like, ruin too much of it because you do, like, later on in the movies, things do start unraveling. Of course, yes, as you always... I got a picture of them, but it's, um, it, it's just, it's just, like, a, it's just, like, a good, enjoyable movie. Yeah. You know, I didn't come away from it feeling like I'd lost, uh, I didn't come, a, I didn't come away from it thinking that I'd, like, wasted an evening watching it, no. you know? I think, honestly, I think about all the Disney sports films, they are all just genuinely really enjoyable, just, you feel... 
even if you don't have any interest in the actual sport, they always find an angle into it that, that, that grabs you. And um, I think this sounds like what you're saying is it does much the same. Um, yeah. I'm going to say that. Is it a based on a true story? I don't actually know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it sounds very it's true story. Not too, I, I don't think it's like too far away from real life, you know. There's a lot of kind of like stuff in it that you can expect happening, mm. you know. Like some guy who's been really good in the game gets drafted back to coach. The teams start doing really well, and then like uh, other things happen and stuff like that, and then uh, ultimately like catches up with them yeah. and stuff. It's like there's a lot of traits in there that you can see coming from real life. Ah, of course, of course, of course. Um, out of ten, what are you gonna give it? I mean, give it a solid seven and a half. Nice. I really like this movie. Aye, that I me mean, honestly, the way you sold it to me, I am the fact that it's done by the guy who's done Miracle and the Accountant. It's a sports movie, Affleck. You said it's, it's a decent story. I'm I'm all in for this one. I, when it comes out, I will definitely be looking for it. Yeah, yeah, I'd highly recommend that. I'd, to be honest, I don't. In this current climate, I have literally no idea when it's coming out or if it's just going to end up getting released for like the home or if it's going to get its think cinema it's, release. I have no idea. I think it'll it's be certainly a, worth keeping an eye out for it. I think it'll be a VOD release. I think it can be a, uh, one of yeah. those releases. Um, but from that on to our final movie this week um, this is quite a short podcast because we've all got things to do amazingly even in the world of Covid um, and that film yes. is it's on Netflix and it's called The Platform it's a Spanish movie uh, directed by Galdor Gazatu Erutu did you watch this one? this is that that was a fantastic pronunciation of his name because yes. I was going to model that yeah. yes I did watch this okay. uh, in the film you got Ivan uh, Masquez Zoran Equator uh, Antonio San John Emito Black and Alexandra Masinga I think his name is Masinga Koff sorry I have no idea if any of those pronunciations are correct they are probably completely and utterly fucking wrong because I don't <laughs> I'm not very good at pronunciations so the plot of this film is it's a it's a sort of government experiment or government punishment where people are in a, put on a level and within a big giant tower block and a, a table of food descends from the very top, packed with food, and it descends all down the floors. Um, people yes. can take what they want or leave what they want, but when it gets the, you can take as much or as little as you want, not really caring what's below you or you can if you wish. You know, It's up to you how you want to deal with this. Um, yes. So you're on the, you, the people who are in it are put onto the onto a specific floor for thirty days, and every thirty days are moved to a different floor. So one week you might, one month you might be on like floor twenty, so you think I'll get lots of food. But the next month you might be on floor one hundred and fifty-seven, where you can probably get very, very little to eat. And it essentially follows one man who's been who goes in there voluntarily, in order to they sort of a, there's a, a prize where he gets a, he gets a sort of a, a university degree at the end of it. And yes. And it's him sort of coming to terms with the fact that he starts out in about, is it 44 or 45 he starts out at, isn't it? Then he drops yeah, down. Yeah, he starts out. Kind of okay, then he, then he drops down lower, then he comes up higher. And it's in every floor he sort of has a new cellmate that he's with. And it's sort of his interaction with them and ultimately his sort of coming to terms with what situation he's in and possibly trying to bring down the entire system in itself because he begins to feel that the the game, if you want to call it that, is is unfair. Um, cause it's, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think of this one? Uh, I liked it, albeit yeah. quite weird. Like, I found that you do have to give it a lot of attention. You can't just kind of drift in and out of it. 
That, uh, I mean, that is probably because... For the most part, I did quite like it. Yeah, I think you've got to give it attention because it's in Spanish, yeah. so you've got to follow... This. There's, a lot of, it's, there's a lot of dialogue in it, you know. It's a lot of people talking yeah, yeah. at times, so you can't because really... It's, because of the setup of it, it does rely heavily on dialogue and not a lot of visuals. Yeah. But in terms of, like, uh, the actual movie, I did actually quite enjoy it. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. I don't think it's ever really been touched on before, this whole kind of like, idea. No, I mean... Um, it's it's kind of, it's an al- it. yeah I mean it's an allegory of society and the idea of like the people at the top taking what they want and the rest of us just all fighting for the scraps and it's like how would we all react if suddenly we were bumped up you know if you suddenly became top yeah, yeah. of the tree would you remember those below you and you get some people in the in the yeah. building who sort of they acknowledge people below them and other people in it don't yeah. acknowledge people below them and don't really give a damn or it's like oh well, we we were once bottom now we're top so we can do what we want because we had the shit on us when we were at the bottom. So it's, it's it couldn't be more sort of poignant towards today's society if it tried. You know, it be brought out. It was brought out pre-COVID, but it definitely has a sort of a lot of echoes through the way the society's been recently. You know, with the idea of like who yes. gets you know who gets tested, who gets the food, who gets the equipment. You know that the way it, the top seems to get what they want, and it filters down to the rest of us. So it's definitely a film for now. You know, it feels very prevalent in, in today's world. Um, I thought the cast were all really good. I thought they were all pretty solid. Um, there's a couple of really truly horrifying moments in it, like the bit when the guys try to climb up the rope, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like why you can't get up the rope is one of the probably generally one of the most shocking things I've seen on cinema for a long time. It's like, it, yeah, that actually took me by surprise. Yeah. Like, this isn't a spoiler by any stretch. Yeah. I was expecting the person above him to like uh, cut the rope or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, that's where my mind was going. Yeah. But what actually happens, I was just absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> it was truly one of the one of the weirdest things I've seen on screen. It was like, oh my, that's that's unpleasant. Um, it, it shares a lot of DNA. If you ever read Stephen King's The Running Man or The Long Walk, it shares a lot of, sort of DNA with them. The idea of like, it's a horrible situation, but it does seem like if a lot of people involved in it, they're not there because they're forced to, that they, they've, they've, they've volunteered for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did get that. I did get that vibe, and a lot of them seem like almost quite content mm-hmm. with their position as well. Oh. It's like, because I think, like, unless you, it doesn't really focus on the absolutely bottom of the bottom of yeah. people, but it's but all the people that are, they always know those people below them, yeah. So it makes them feel better, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's it. People, everyone knows there's something always something worse off than them. And yeah. kind of, kind of like, kind of like you're okay with you're kind of okay with your situation in life, as long as somebody else has it worse. Because you, you can always you can always yes. think to yourself, well, at least I'm not as bad as them. You know, yes. and that probably has a lot to do with society right now. You know, we all think that. I'm sure we're all guilty of that. Thinking, well, life is tough right now, but at least I'm not that person because that person is a lot worse than me. You know, so it definitely sort of it definitely hones in on the on that. When in the third act it turned into more of a sort of I wouldn't say action movie, but it has sort of more drive and more story in the third act. That's kind of when I lost a little yeah. bit. That's when I thought it sort of it wasn't as strong. It didn't really work quite as well for me in the final like final third of it. When they sort of when they actually go to sort of the action movie part of it, um, I felt that was yeah. when it was at its weakest. I enjoyed the first two acts when you're sort of seeing the the effect that this game has on people. It's yeah. the idea of that someone sort of turning against this 
seemed too obvious to me, um, and I wish they'd maybe done mm-hmm. a different route. But yeah, but it was it was an interesting. Okay, I have. I haven't Googled this movie or looked into the car deeper meaning. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think, like, do you think there's a car near the end in the castle that do you feel there's a more of a car and a, a religious tone? Oh, yes, absolutely. The, absolutely. absolutely. By the, even by the visuals of the way the, the main character ends up looking, I was very much like, this is very reminiscent of how like, Jesus looks oh, yeah. in certain like, pictures that you see. Yeah, no, I, def- I was definitely, it was almost, I mean, he even calls himself the Christ figure at one point, doesn't he? And he, he becomes a sort of a Christ-like figure to people some, in some weird yeah. way. Yeah, so definitely, there's definitely a lot of religious imagery towards the end of it. Um, but like I said, that's that's my yeah. film. That's my film. The film at its, at its weakest. I thought it was it was better when it was trying to be smarter than that. Um, but yeah, no. But, yeah, yeah. but as a watch, it's a really well done film. I thought I really enjoyed it. It done a lot with its pretty low budget. Um, you know. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Like see for see for that movie that's predominantly just set in one room. I found it very engaging. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the dialogue you have between the characters is is excellent, and you start to almost see, sometimes even see both sides, you know, like, even people who are pretty, like, the, the first guy that the guy runs into, the old the old man, at first you think this guy's a horrible person, but then you start thinking about it along his line, going, has he got the right idea, you know, like, I know he's doing some horrible things, but is it, would, would any of us act, act any differently in that situation, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it kind of gets into, quite insular into how you yourself would react to, to something like this. Yeah, absolutely. I found that's exactly what I kind of took away from it. It's like you do kind of start realizing, and well, this this is kind of current events, at least within the UK. I cannot speak for anywhere else in the world, but in recent times, a lot of people in our society went mental yeah. at the shops for, for absolutely no reason at all. There was absolutely no need to panic buy. Uh-huh. The people decided, fuck it, let's panic buy. Uh-huh. And it, it was just that whole attitude of fuck everyone else as long as me and my closest are fine I don't give a fuck about anyone Aye. even though continually they were warned to not do it they still continue to do it oh, and that's exactly what I mean and, you know it's, it's sort of brings that the sort of true nature of society out you know and, yeah. and for that I thought, I thought it was a really well done film overall um, I'd give it 7 yeah. a, I'd give it 7.5 out of 10 probably yourself yeah, I'm gonna give it seven. Yeah. I, I feel though that it's a. Uh, I feel like maybe Netflix hasn't given it a lot of love because I hadn't actually searched for it. So either my algorithms just it doesn't show me what sometimes I should be looking at. Uh, but I feel this will get skipped by with a lot of people, especially because it's also in Spanish as well. I think when it first came out, it got a lot more push, but it's been out for a good couple of weeks now. I think maybe that's why it sort of fell down the the rankings. Ah. You know, you know, Netflix. Ah, is, Netflix is it's all about new content. It doesn't really tend to worry about things that are hanging around. So it's sort of it's pushing the newer stuff. Um, but yeah, so that is us for this week. Next week, Barry, I've got four films for you to try and find to watch. Are you intrigued? Sweet Jesus. Okay, you're, you're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got there's a Beastie Boys documentary on Apple, which apparently is very oh, good. Nice. nice. I'm assuming you'll be well up for that one. Um, there is a two films on Amazon. One is called No Stone Unturned. For, uh, that's a document. Uh-huh. It's a documentary from Alex Gibney. Really good documentarian. He done that one that you like on Netflix. The one 
like the dirty money one, I think it's called, like the sort of one that's like four or five parts. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it has a documentary done about the sort of the Northern Irish Troubles. So apparently it's very, very good. So one to watch. There's a film on Amazon called Hold Your Breath. It's a kind of action movie set in Paris, which looks kind of fun. And also on Netflix, it's an old movie. It's from 1989 called The Wizard. Uh-huh. And it's about a young boy who's amazing at video games. So his brother forced him to go into like a competition to try and win money playing video games. So it's from the, it's made in 1989. It looks, I think it looks up. I think it does look up your street. By the way, I think you'll actually quite enjoy it. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's the four. I'll send you. A, I'll send you a tweet of what the four are, just so you know exactly what you're looking for. But that, that's the four movies we're going to talk about yeah. next week. Um, Aye, excellent. Excellent. Tell people where to find us. All the usual social media haunts: uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And three beers in a movie. That's great. So for this week, I've been Richard. You've been. Bye. And you've been listening to... Boom. Three beers in a movie.